Hello, and welcome back to Bush History. I'm David Bush, and you are listening to my ongoing series of podcasts on precedent-setting Supreme Court decisions. This case is Schenck versus the United States in 1919. And remember, you can get more information at my website, www.bushhistory.net, that's B-U-S-C-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y.net, or on my YouTube channel of the same name. So here we go, Schenck versus the United States, 1919. Some background is necessary before we go anywhere. The United States managed to stay out of World War I from 1914 through 1917. Well, then things took a turn. We're not going to go into all the history of that right now. But Russia withdraws from World War I as a result of the Russian Revolution. And the United States is going to enter World War I at you know, pretty much about the same time. So Russia withdraws, and we are now thoroughly involved. And one of the first things that happened is Congress passage the Espionage Act. The Espionage Act was a pretty severe law, and basically it said that the act made it illegal to willfully make or convey false reports, reports or false statements that would interfere with the operation or success of the military or naval forces of the United States. It also went on to discuss that anyone who was fermenting those ideas to obstruct recruitment, to obstruct enlistment, or in any way interfere with the United States government in times of warfare was in violation of the Espionage Act. Now we enter Charles Schenck. Charles Schenck was the guy you probably didn't want to be in 1917. He was a socialist. He was a well-known socialist, and he was the general secretary of the United States Socialist Party, which opposed the implementation of a military draft. And what's going to happen is that party is going to distribute about 15,000 leaflets that called for men to resist the draft. And that was going to be a problem because that seemed like a direct violation of the Espionage Act. So they go ahead and they do this. They distribute these leaflets. They hold rallies encouraging people not to respond to their draft notices. And, of course, they're going to go after the leader, and the leader is Charles Shank. And Charles Shank is arrested. He's convicted of three counts are violating the Espionage Act, and he's sentenced to 10 years for each count, and the sentences would be consecutive. So we're talking 30 years in jail for this. Certainly, this was going to end up in the Supreme Court. And when we get there, what happens is oral arguments occurred in the United States Supreme Court in 1919, after World War I was over, January 9th, 1919 specifically. And Shank's lawyers argued that the Espionage Act was unconstitutional and that his client was simply exercising his freedom of speech guaranteed by the First Amendment. Well, the court didn't agree. On March 3rd, the court issued a unanimous ruling upholding the Espionage Act and Shank's convictions. Writing for the court was Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, and he said, I quote, Words which ordinarily and in many places would be within the freedom of speech protected by the First Amendment may become subject to prohibition when of such a nature and used in such circumstance as to create a clear and present danger that they will bring about the substantive evils which Congress has a right to prevent. So basically, this came to be known as the clear and present danger doctrine. And what it really said was, in times of national emergency, such as warfare your freedom of speech can be limited. The precedent is 
that speech can be limited when it constitutes a clear and present danger. The time period is important to understand as well. We faced a substantial red scare during the 1920s. There was a fear of communism. There was a fear that the socialist revolution in Russia would continue. Lenin, Stalin, Trotsky, and the boys, they thought they were contagious. So there were other people who spoke out, pro-socialist forces during the 1920s, and people who were not pro-socialist, but still were believed to be socialist. So for now, I'm David Bush, and have a good day, and we'll see you again from Bush History.